Hello, everyone. This is Sonata Allison, and you're listening to episode six of the Parallel Podcast, where we talk about sexuality as it should be. So today we'll be talking about what it actually means to be equally yoked. And for those of you that were wondering, I'm not talking about when you see your sibling making breakfast and you ask them to make you some eggs and then he or she makes themselves three eggs and only gives you two. It actually has nothing to do with eggs, but I'll explain that further as we get into the episode. So I actually made that joke because I genuinely thought um, being unequally yoked had to do with eggs when I was younger. And I would imagine someone breaking an egg and there'd be like um, only egg whites in one side and then the yolk on the other, um, which is just a hilarious testament to the crazy ways kids try to make sense of things. But what it is actually referring to is a wooden bar called a yolk. And the more I say that, it sounds weird, but Um, A yoke is something that joins two oxen so they can work the field quicker than if some humans were actually doing it. So they had to make sure that the oxen were fairly equal in height and strength because if not, uh, then they may end up going in circles when may be dragged, um, causing injury or the field may not be plowed evenly. So many things can go wrong. So just listening to that, you can hear the importance of being equally yoked. I would even imagine that some people's livelihood would be riding on their oxen being equally yoked. So imagine how much more it is important to be equally yoked in your relationship with the people in your lives. And it's so important that even in secular environments, Christian environments, there are thousands of quotes about it. So for example, you guys have probably heard, you are most like the five people you keep closest to you or show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And the last being the questions parents like to ask you, if your friend jumped off a cliff, would you do it too? To which we would respond either yes or ask a follow-up question about the height of the jump or like what are we jumping into? Or maybe that was just me. Just That's just the way that I thought. So in 2 Corinthians 6.14, it says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness? So first, what this verse is not saying is do not communicate with the common people, create a Christian bubble and stay in it while you judge those outside of it. We have to remember that Jesus spent like so many, so much time with quote unquote filthy, like the filthiest people of his time. But if you pay attention, there were key people Jesus would allow to spend more intimate time with him, which were, you guessed it, the 12 disciples. But there was actually a smaller group of people that Jesus had closest to him, which was Peter, James, and John. And you may recall that those same three were there um, and they joined him in the Garden of Gethsemane uh, where he was met with Judas the betrayer and was taken away to make the decision that changed our lives. So Jesus literally pulled these three aside to come with him to pray. And if you remember, even though Jesus told my man he shouldn't have cut his ear off, he definitely had a ride or die friend with him at the time. Um, But if Jesus was mindful of the kind of people he kept close to him, I think it's even more important that us flawed humans are um, people who are more easily influenced, um, have people in our lives to keep us uh, closer to Jesus or help us 
um, to be as much like Jesus as possible. Now, sadly, Jesus didn't marry anyone during this time he spent on earth. So we don't really have, you know, a good view of it. And, you know, there'd be no reason for me to create this podcast episode if he did have that. But we would be able to model our the nature of our relationship after Jesus and Sheila's. And we'd know that it wasn't a question that his wife lived her life to honor God. We'd see that Jesus was careful in choosing her and we would see that he chose her because of different choices like her heart breaking for what breaks God's heart. Maybe she would show to be a person who responds to conviction well and that she would have a heart for others as well. But we don't have that. But we actually have a better example. And what might that be, Sonata? It's Jesus. Jesus was literally single his whole life. And he never swayed from his goal of giving glory to God and laying down his life for the people he loved. Our first goal on this earth is to lay down our lives for Jesus and live a life that reflects a grateful heart by telling people about Jesus and exemplifying Christ's love. So we can talk about being unequally yoked in friendships and romantic relationships. But at the end of the day, if you are unequally yoked to Jesus, that's really the worst position you can be in, regardless of the people who are in your life. Um, Just like I spoke about in episode two with sexual purity, your main desire needs to be to honor your relationship with Jesus. And at the end of the day, it says in Exodus 25, you shall not worship them or serve them for I, the Lord, your God, I am a jealous God. In Exodus 34, 14, in Judah and in Psalms throughout the Bible, it speaks about um, how our God is jealous for us. And just to clarify, it isn't the unhealthy, manipulative, and chaotic jealousy that we know humans are capable of. It is your creator's desire for you to have the correct heart posture and a deeper relationship with him. That right there should pull on your heartstrings. Uh, As I was writing this, it kind of made me tear up a little bit because, I don't know, it's just beautiful that the God of the universe wants to be so close to me. And he has such an intense desire for you. Um, I recently heard a message at church about James 4.4 where it says, You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever makes friendship with the world is an enemy to God. So when you choose to allow yourself to stay in relationships where he is not honored, that person has clearly become an idol. And it's not extreme to think of choosing the world or another person over God as adultery because you are cheating yourself. And if you are sexually intimate, you are allowing someone into your temple where the Holy Spirit resides, which is your body. Someone who does not fully understand how to honor your temple and doesn't honor your God. And it's because you've shifted your focus from the one who loves you to a fleshly desire. So I know it's getting kind of hot in here. You know, that's what happens when conviction enters the chat. So I want to remind you that there's always room for true repentance that is sorrowful and makes an about face in the right direction because your father only wants what's best for you. But it's about to get a little hotter for a second because when the Bible speaks about God's jealousy, it also speaks about the consequences of choosing other idols and the way people describe God's absence in the Bible is it just sounds excruciating like it's very painful People even plead and ask, will you be angry forever? Will your jealousy burn like fire? And you may be thinking like, sheesh, I just want to hang out with the boy or the girl. But when you choose your selfish desires, regardless of if it's a human or a thing or a job, God don't play. Um, And I'm actually finishing up a book called The Holiness of God by R.C. Sproul. Um, Hopefully I said that last name right. Um, But you can find it with 
the letters I said. Um, so I highly recommend this book. It was honestly, it'll deepen your understanding of the Lord and help you in developing a mind, uh, a sound mind. And um, he speaks about how God is so patient with us that when we actually, when he actually reacts with anger, we are shook. We're taken aback. We're flabbergasted. It's like when someone's messing with that one nerdy kid in school and Kyle just gets fed up and ends up throwing a desk. But I'd be sitting back there like, oh, you know what? Mm-hmm. That's what y'all get for messing with Kyle. But in God's case, when you take his love, his grace, his patience for granted, there will be consequences. Not maybe. We serve a just God. And wow, that's so awesome. But it also works against us sometimes um, when you dedicate your life to an idol other than him. Um, if you just look at the multiple examples in the Bible, it ain't going to look pretty for you. I'm just letting you know right now. But there are also other ways that you're affected as well. Um, as it says in James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, from our Father who doesn't change like shifting shadows, meaning he is always the one who gives good and perfect gifts to you. And just like Jeremiah 29 says, he has great plans for you. And that never changes. So when we choose people who don't love him, then try to call it good. That's kind of confusing to me. And a lot of the times relationships that lack Jesus at the center experience more chaos, sadness, feelings of unsafety. And that can be emotionally and physically in some cases because that person is not committed to pleasing God. They're committed like they're their own God and or something else is. And I know that might sound harsh, but that's the sad reality for a lot of people who don't love Jesus. Um, But there are, you know, some people who may be nice. They may be considerate. They make you feel heard. They make you feel seen. But I'd I'd really go as far to say that entering a relationship with these kinds of people can be even worse because it reminds me of how the devil shows up. And it's so much easier to allow yourself to get comfortable in these relationships because they have potential and they may even feel right, but it always, it'll always miss the mark and it'll be that much easier to derail you from your true purpose for marriage or, uh, creating a union. So just a little sidebar, like the devil is not interested in you going, uh, gung ho, complete opposite of, of righteousness sin. He just needs you to be off a little bit because you'll be completely where God doesn't want you to be. It doesn't matter how far you are sin is sin so once you take that step outside of god's will you're sinning so the devil's not thinking like oh i want her to be a drunk or i want her to be um i don't know out here in these streets he just wants you to kind of not be in god's will and i think there's probably so many christians in these kinds of relationships and the devil loves it he enjoys it um so yeah so marriage is supposed to ultimately reflect christ coming together with the church so if you're in an unequally yoked relationship what does your relationship reflect the only thing i can really think of is our relationship with sin so um it's kind of clearly there um if i can kind of help you understand where i'm going with that um we choose sin over god so often and that's not the true design for us so We want our relationships to look like us and the church, sorry, Christ and the church, um, and not us and sin. So us choosing to be in a relationship with something that's unequally yoked. And as a new creation, you are, it looks like sin. It looks like you choosing sin. It doesn't look like you choosing uh, someone who loves you or whatever it may be. It looks like you choosing sin over Christ. So I hope I kind of 
made that uh, picture clear for you. So, yeah, I know I may sound very stern with this, but it really is a warning. Like, I want to warn you. Relationships can change your trajectory, whether that be character-wise or the decisions you make. There are so many stories about men and women who enter into relationships. Like, he used to love hanging out with us, but now we never see him because he's gotten to that relationship. Or she used to be so bubbly and happy, and now she's just different. Um, entering into a long-term relationship, whether that be friendship or marriage, is one of the biggest decisions you can make in your life because we are relational beings. And Mark 5.25 speaks about how a house divided against itself will not be able to stand. So that is relationally, but I'll take it a little step further um, and have you think about how that relates to your relationship with yourself. If you can't get on one accord with yourself and your desire to love God, with your life, you cannot step outside of yourself and ask someone else to do that for you. So an example of this is the good old missionary dating. Because you desire this person so much, you go out of your way to make sure that they desire Jesus, but do you desire Jesus enough to choose him first? A lot of the time we aren't getting the right answers because we aren't asking the right questions. So practically, how do we look for someone to be equally yoked with? Um, first, you have to actually be dedicated to Jesus because if you're not, you're going to find someone you're equally yoked to, but y'all both ain't going to be equally yoked to Jesus. <laughs> so that's just the blind leading the blind. So when you are equally yoked to Jesus, look for someone who loves Jesus and it's made known um, by them being willing to be held accountable. You don't want to be in a relationship with someone who constantly makes excuses for their sins and you want someone who desires to spend time in their wor words, excuse me, and enjoys fellowshipping with people who love Jesus and also cares about others, you and others as well. So you want someone who, you know, like cares about their community and cares about um, being respectful to people, not just to you. Because I know like back in the day, girls like that bad boy, that's just only nice to you. And he's disrespectful to the rest of the world, which is requires therapy. But um, you want someone who is consistent with you and others. He's caring with people and you as well, your family and friends as well. So you want someone who is consistent in these things. Um, and these are basically the basics here. A man who loves Jesus, a man who loves his word, and a man who loves fellowship with other Christians. All the other stuff is just preference. But this kind of stuff is foundational. And I encourage you to ask God for these things that I've listed here. And if you want him to be tall, dark, and handsome, the Lord can honor that as well. And I pray that he does, okay? <laughs> but your prayer may sound a little different than mine. And that's between you and Jesus. Or like Tabitha Brown says, that's your business. So I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Uh, follow the Parallel Pod on Instagram. And remember to speak the truth and love, guys. Speak to you next week. Bye. <laughs>